This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why, hello there, six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean, it's uh, Friday. And the uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. No regrets, the president says. He has no regrets uh, about how he handled secret documents while he was vice president and in the in the six years since he's in uh, california yesterday looking over flood damage and uh when he's talking to the reporters uh obviously they're asking him about the documents uh we, we've got a couple of developments um we we have the secret service now saying oh uh yeah sorry our bad we do kind of keep track of who's coming and going and we'll make that available uh, so the, the, the limb that Biden's sitting on is getting, uh, progressively thinner and thinner, but he's, uh, being Joe Biden. You know what, quite frankly, bugs me, he says, is that we have a serious problem here. We're talking about, we're talking about what's going on and he means the flood damage. And I, and I love when this guy speaks for me and the American people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that. no. The American people don't get why you're not answering the questions about that. Uh, and then the uh, reporter, but he allows a reporter to continue. He asks about the documents. Asks about why they didn't reveal. Uh, it was not known about these uh, documents until after the midterms. Biden, we found a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. <laughs> We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating and looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. Uh, Ms. Fott, now we th- we were talking about this on Warren Rima. When you look at the protocols, uh, and actually Trey had uh, Mike Pence on uh, earlier on the 550 KTSA Morning News. That's on the website, ktsa.com, if you want to check it out. It's a very good interview. And while he wouldn't directly comment on on Biden, uh, what he did say is, you know, as the vice president, you're in a room, somebody is there, they have a top secret document, they hand you the document, you look at it, and you hand it right back. You don't leave that room with that document. In other words, uh, what he's implying is that the idea that something was misfiled <laughs> like you put it in the wrong folder in the wrong drawer or whatever it's just a bunch of bullcrap you don't misfile top secret documents when you're, when you're the vice president of the united states in your freaking garage okay you just that's not misfiling that's taking and storing <laughs> and not very well by the way well, you're the American people. Uh, what do you not understand? I mean, uh, uh, do you? Uh, he says that uh, you don't understand why uh, the reporters in California weren't asking him questions about the flooding, and they're asking about these documents. Yes, that's what he said. You don't understand, right? And certainly, this president's got his finger on the pulse of America. <laughs> Dude barely has a pulse himself. So let me just ask you, because we've been into this thing now for a week or so, uh, let me, let me, a couple of weeks. Let me ask you, do you care? How, how is this resonating with you? Uh, because here, here's, here's apart from the national security risks of keeping uh, such documents, and beyond the fact that it is freaking illegal for the vice president to be in possession of these documents, and apparently in any regard which is something that never gets reported. What you hear is, well, Donald Trump had more. It wasn't a crime for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, they they knew 
exactly where the documents were, and Trump had told the uh, the archival people, the FBI, uh, in the presence of his own staff, you do whatever they want you to do. You let them take whatever they want to take. Here's where the documents are. It's in this room. They said put another lock on there. He did. So every time you hear a report where, where somebody is saying that Trump fought them all the way, it's just a lie. It's a flat-out freaking lie. Not to mention, again, we're talking about a vice president. It's a crime for that guy to have these documents in his possession in any way, shape, or form. And they're all over the place. So you tell me, I mean, how concerned are you about this? Um, I also, the the theory, and we've heard everyone from Matt Gates uh, talk about this. I know they've been talking about this on Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. Uh, is are they? Is this their way of getting rid of him? Is that is that really what's at play here? Because one thing that still sticks out in my mind is that we wouldn't, we still probably wouldn't know about the these classified documents, which are classified top secret, by the way, if not for CBS, which is odd, <laughs> don't you think? CBS is of the swamp. CBS. Uh, is usually circling the wagons around this guy, and yet here's CBS, and they're the ones who broke the story. That's interesting, don't you think? And now, again, the Secret Service, initially we're saying we don't have any records of who uh, came and went to the Wilmington residence, and now they're saying the opposite. No, we do keep track of that stuff. We'll make it available. Uh, it, it, it almost kind of feels like rats jumping off a, a sinking ship, you know? I mean, what does Merrick Garland do next? Um, you know, I, I do people start resigning? I don't know. But it is bad, and, and it's especially bad given that, first off, again, yes, it's a crime. But secondly, just all of the, the crap that we had to sit and listen to about Trump and his papers and his documents... And Mar-a-Lago and all of them. Oh, I can't believe he should be in jail for taking these these documents to Mar-a-Lago. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, the FBI had to basically rappel in and, and go through Melania's underwear drawer. And they made a big show out of it. Out of it. Well, they made a big show out of it because that's what it was. It was a show. Again, the Mar-a-Lago raid didn't have to happen. A raid on his personal residence, talking about Biden and uh, and, and possibly the Rehoboth Beach property. You know what? That should happen. You should send a bunch of FBI guys to Rehoboth Beach, a place I know very well. My daughter was born there. And uh, and go through that property and see what you dig up there. But see what they're what they're doing, and this is one of the more bizarre turns in this story from this past week. Is they're they're, they're allowing Biden's own lawyers to look for stuff. Originally, they had a dealio where Biden Biden's who, who as Trey points out, don't have clearance to see these documents. But uh, originally, uh, the dealio was going to be, well, your lawyers can look for this stuff, but we want FBI eyes on this process. And then they worked out a dealio where the FBI, nah, no worries, we'll take care of it. So Biden's own lawyers, in a sense, are the ones who will be tasked with providing evidence of a crime against their client, which is interesting, don't you think? 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> Sorry. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Talking about Biden's reaction to this document thing. He has no regrets. Bugs him that people keep asking him questions. Uh, about it. Let's go to David. David, how are you? You're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, first of all, the difference between uh, Trump's documents and Biden's documents is Trump kept the nuclear codes in his uh, on his couch. He didn't keep the nuclear codes on his couch, man. But, uh, no. Uh, are you being I, funny? I, I, yeah, I was trying to get okay. fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously, I didn't wait on big enough that it didn't come through. But I think the whole thing is a. I, I fear it's a trap for 
amazing news about the, the dangers of Biden having these documents, and and they're going to just come off looking like really uh, hypocritical. And, and I think, honestly, like you've mentioned, I think the Democrats are probably trying to get rid of Biden. Right. And they're using the Republicans as a stalking horse that they'll do the dirty work for them. I, so I think there's more important things that, you know, we need to focus on. Obviously, this is not something to be ignored. Let the let the Justice Department hop, uh, you know, go through the, the process. We, we know nothing is going to happen to him, but, you know, let them go through their process. But let's focus on, you know, let's focus on the rampant, you know, illegal immigration on the... the, the right. Well, right. There's, there's bigger issues that I think are more important. I agree. I, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I you know, I... Uh, I don't know that I'm not really getting a sense that Republicans are the ones coming off as hypocrites. Given again the the, the reaction to these documents at Mar-a-Lago, I think the Democrats are the ones who are coming off as extremely hypocritical uh, in regards because the the uh, Biden's crime is much Trump isn't guilty of a crime. Biden already is guilty of a crime. By virtue of the fact that he's got these documents, one way or the other. Uh, so, I is it about getting rid of Biden? Well, it may be. You know, it's, it, it may be. It, it, the next week, I think, will be very telling as far as uh, you know uh, what what happens next. Because again, the FBI or the, not the FBI, the Secret Service have flipped, and they're uh, they're now saying that uh, oh yeah, we we do have these uh, these records of folks who came and went. Um, let's go to Scott. Scott, how are you? I'm fine as frog hair split two ways. Um, I'd like to talk about what nobody is really talking about, and that's Obama has the ability to straighten this out by saying he declassified those documents and let Biden take them. However, if he does that, then they have to forego the uh, special counsel that is investigating Trump, and that they cannot let that happen because that's how they find out and keep him from running in 2024 and find out what he's got and investigate him up into 2024. That's so so you're saying that Obama could rescue Biden's ass if he wanted to. That's a fact. All he has to do is say, yes, I declassed those documents because the president has the power right, to do right. something that he can't. <clears throat> because then it exonerates Trump from the special counsel that they hired or right. they appointed. To That's an interesting thought. Yeah. That, that's, that's a fact. I, I appreciate the call, man. That's a, that's an interesting take on it. I really hadn't really heard that take on it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to say what's actually going on. Has Obama spoken about this? No, I don't think he said a single thing. Then I don't think he's going to help. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would. I'm just saying he's not. Uh, you're not hearing anything from Obama on this thing. Um, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. David Crosby passed away. Were you, uh, you and Don Morgan? Is Don Morgan there? Were you guys uh, a big uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young fan? Not big. Right. Uh, I liked the birds more. The birds were great. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, man. What about you, Don? Did you like uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? I, I did and still do, actually. I, I can't say I was a huge fan that I that I – Listen to their music. I, I I appreciated Sweet Judy Blue Eyes mm-hmm. because with Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, I could play that, go to the bathroom. Yeah, I see. Oh, that's why smoke you a bowl like out the do. back door of the engineering room. <laughs> Clean up your seeds and Clean stems. Clean up my seeds yeah. and stems and get back way before the song ended. Bad figures. I actually, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Who's the British guy in that group? Graham um, Nash. I never liked him. I think he's annoying as hell. He just seems like he's always in a bad mood, Graham Nash. And then and, and, and the fact is, with, with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young, they always hated each other's guts. They were always at each other's well, throats you know, for you some had reason. Some, some huge egos. And I just, I got there. sick of that crap after a while. You know what I mean? You know, and that was the thing. That was the big issue a lot of people had with them. Yeah, as they just they were always the at each other's throats. Control, it's like you know. just shut up and play music, man. Because when they made music, it was phenomenal. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. That's a good go. song. Southern it's a good, great tune. Beautiful. And they wrote they wrote great lyrics. Yep. But I just got sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's like Oasis. Okay, now, I, first off, I always thought they were a Beatles ripoff band anyway, but, right. you know, the fact that they were always at each other's throats, it's like, all right, leave me out of this. Constantly fighting. Just leave me alone. Yeah. You know, the thing about David Crosby is that he could, you know, in the course of just 15 seconds, charm the entire room and then make them all hate him <laughs> in the same sentence. Who did he have a kid with? Melissa or? Etheridge. He, he donated. Right. Yeah, he was the... Yes, he's a lesbian. So was Melissa Etheridge got some David Crosby, you know, and... Uh, that was and actually her partner at the time. Carrie, well, they were, Carrie the child. Oh, her... her uh, I'm sorry, I was listening. Uh, Etheridge's partner had yeah. the baby. Yeah, right. Melissa didn't get pregnant. Because no. Melissa's the dude. Is that what you're telling me? That's not what I'm telling you. We're just saying. Melissa's the dude, so like the the dude chick, you know, doesn't have the kid. The other chick has the kid. I'm thinking perhaps it was had something to do with her career being red hot at the time and didn't want to stop to carry a child for nine months. That could have been it too. So her lesbian girlfriend had the had the child. Right. I got nothing against lesbians. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying one's the dude and one's not. You know. Why can't they just both be women? Yeah, Sean. Both are so transphobic. <laughs> filled with hate. Well, you know, you buy a sign a roll that way. What's that? Because somebody's got to do the dishes. Well, I'm just saying. No, come on. No. Singers in a lesbian couple. Oh, there's always one God. that's a little manlier than the other. Oh, come on. I've been around a lot of lesbians in my well, lifetime. But, but not enough, apparently. <laughs> I love lesbians. They're real women. <laughs> <laughs> These days, they, people are having trouble even defining what the hell that is. Right. Anyway. Um, do, okay, how do we Crosby. get talking about lesbians we talking about David Crosby? Because he impregnated a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Dork. Oh, my God. Of all the things well, he's done. Well, that's what he did. All of, he started his career in 1964. But that's a part of the resume. And, 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 I, I and impregnated a famous lesbian. You know, we can't talk about the time he spent as a as a uh, un, you know involuntary guest of the state of Texas when he was incarcerated. <laughs> but, um, no. Doing time in a Texas prison. Yeah, we could talk about that. I forget what he went in for. What drugs. Was that? No, yeah. drugs. No. It's always drugs. Shut drugs and guns. It wasn't library books. No. He, no. he didn't have an overdue, overdue library book. That wasn't the case at all. So David Crosby, with the most overused mustache uh, in musical history, uh, has passed away at the age of 81. And when we get back, uh, Marie, I heard Jack talk about Maria Osmond last night. She's in the news because of an interview from U.S. Weekly. It's not about her losing weight. I'm done talking about Maria losing weight, okay? I'm done talking about how hot I think she is still. But uh, she's done something interesting. I guess more and more people are doing, and I want to talk about that coming up. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Info at your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Friday. I, I got to bring this up. This is interesting. Uh, Maria Osmond uh, was uh, interviewed by U.S. Weekly. And she's got seven kids altogether. Seven. Yes, seven kids. Uh, and she is not, they are not in her will. She is, uh, she is not leaving any of her money to her seven kids. Uh, she says, uh, just handing money to your kids. Uh, they end up, according to her, lacking drive and ambition. She wants her kids to discover their own interests. Quote, honestly, why would you enable your child to not try to be something? I don't know anybody who becomes anything. If they're just handed money. To me, the greatest gift you can give your child is a passion to search out who they are inside and to work. And I guess this is, uh, she says, inheritance inheritances breed laziness and entitlement. Uh, and I guess uh, a lot of other people uh, are, are of, of means are starting to pick up on this. Uh, one of my favorites, Nigella Lawson. Do we know who Nigella Lawson is? Uh, she's a British uh, chef and food writer. She used to have a TV show 
There's a couple things I really liked about her. But she says she's also not, and she's made a lot of money. She says, I'm, I'm determined that my children should have no financial security. It ruins people not having to earn money. Uh, wow. You know, I think I, overall, I, I agree with them. I think it's a great idea. If you've got a lot of money, why, why should you just dump it? Look, look at Hunter Biden. Look at how screwed up that guy is because of his old man giving him whatever he wants. The problem is, if I had a lot of money, I'd probably give it to my kids. <laughs> my parents better not be getting any ideas. Well, right. See we how have, you are. We have an agreement. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. If we have an agreement. See, I am. I, I'm. I'm the spoil. Spoil the kids guy. If I had all that money, I'm like, yeah, here, take it. I don't care. Make sure people still read my damn books. <laughs> They have to meet a quota of selling your books to yeah, maintain the money. If you can sell half a dozen of those damn things every year, you can keep the money. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't really have much of an inheritance to leave the kids right now. But that's all right. You know, maybe I'll hit that Powerball at some point. But I, I, I appreciate what she's saying. Because I think what's happened, uh, what's happened uh, is that uh, uh, with this generation, apart from a really crummy education system, which is churning out people who have no critical thinking skills, who are functionally illiterate, uh, there certainly is a uh, a a a proclivity towards uh, raising kids with no accountability. You know what I mean? We let the we let the computers raise them, we let the internet raise them, and that's always a bad idea. And so a lot of them are coming, uh, you know, into their 20s, and they really they don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know how to maintain a job. They don't know how to write a resume. They don't. There's a lot of stuff they don't know how to do, and they're not really expected to go out and make it on their own. I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but this younger generation, let's be honest, they are slower to get going. Than, than we were. And it's not easy to maintain a lot of money. You, that, It's a job. Oh, oh, yeah. It's a job to be on track of it, sure. on top of it. And so if they're not learning and they're not getting that ethic of work, then they're going to probably ruin the estate, ruin the money. They'll just go through it. Yep. You know, so I, I think I think it's a good idea. I think, she's, I think it's cool that she's doing that. Plus, she's so hot. She's just, I'm sorry. She's Marie Osmond. Oh, my God, she's hot. She's never not been hot. Would you have gone Mormon for Marie Osman? It's possible. I might have taken the bath. <laughs> I might have. I might have. Let me look in this hat. <laughs> you want me to get in the bathtub? Sure. My fourth baptism in my life, but I'll do it. Do it for you, baby. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I think I actually know a guy who went Mormon for a little while for a, for a woman. That's never a good reason to go Mormon for a woman. It's I, just not a good reason to go Mormon. I know one who did. They got married and they, or something, and she left him. And <laughs> he was the only Mormon now in his immediate family. Wow, man. I actually, I didn't officiate at a Mormon, a Mormon wedding, but I was asked to speak for a friend who was being baptized as a Mormon. So I got I I'd never been inside a Mormon church. It's 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 interesting. It's a big square. It's like a square circle, if that makes sense. And every part of the church has of the temple has a different meaning. Uh, so yeah, but I'm, I'm and it's too late for me now. Obviously, I'm I'm very happily married to my wife, who cut me if I say anything negative. Uh, but I I I she doesn't she wouldn't really cut me. She might punch me, but she wouldn't cut me. But, you know, Marie Osmond, yeah, I had a thing for her for a long, long time, man. A long time. Am I creeping you out with my creepy voice? 210-599-55. Do you think uh, Marie Osmond is hot? Two, and what do you think about rich people not leaving money to their, money to their kids? 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The news that's hot. Connect residents to information. Stay tuned for updates. Minutes away at the top on Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 
And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Friday. And the phone lines are open 210-599-5555. I love Friday. I love Fridays because on Saturdays, man, well, actually, it's starting in about an hour and eight minutes, man. I just disconnect my brain from the news. We have a bit of breaking news. Oh, we do? What's that? Uh, Trump has withdrawn his lawsuit against the New York Attorney General. Oh, okay. That's, now, that's it. That's all. That's, that's, that's all. That's <laughs> yeah, it. I'm sorry. Trump's dropped his lawsuit against the New York Attorney General. Because we were all hanging on that one. <laughs> I mean, apart from the lingering controversies, it's not a huge news day. <laughs> it's really not, you know. This is a uh, a pickup story uh, from something we talked about earlier in the week, uh, and I'm not a hockey fan, but you have this guy, uh, Ivan uh, uh, Provorov. If, Provorov, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly or not, but uh, he's, he's with the Philadelphia Flyers. And now, infamously, on Tuesday, the Flyers are doing a Pride Night. Uh, they wrapped all the hockey sticks with rainbows. People had rainbows on, on their jerseys. And Ivan or Ivan says, you know, I can't. And he's not, he didn't disparage anyone. He didn't insult anyone. He didn't, uh, he said, I, this is all he said. I respect everybody, everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion, and so he did not participate in the pregame pride stuff, and he didn't wear the rainbows or any of that stuff. Well, the media went with the left. The left went nuts on this guy. He's transphobic. He's homophobic. He's freaking horrible. He's so filled with freaking hate. Well, since Tuesday, and, and this gives me hope, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not anti-gay, don't get me wrong, but I'm anti-woke. I, I really am. And frankly, when it comes to gay people and the whole trans thing, I'm, I'm really just rainbowed out. You know, I am. And so since Tuesday, when he did this and took all this crap from the left, his jersey, which is number nine, is pretty much sold out on the NHL NHL shop and the Fanatics online stores. Uh, in fact, just a handful of days uh, after he said he wasn't going to participate in the Pride thing, the only uh, uh, number nine jerseys for the Flyers that are available are extra smalls. I think that's kind of cool. So people, in other words, were like supporting him. You, you know what? We're and, and this is we we say this so often that it's uh, that it's it's repetitive. Certainly, it is okay. And I'm and I'm gonna unfortunately gonna repeat it uh, 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 once again. That uh, uh, the 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 woke crowd uh, just have a real disconnect from real people in that. They can't shut up about tolerance, right, and inclusion, and yet can we not accept they are the most intolerant and exclusive people you would ever interact with? If you and here's what it is: if you don't agree with every stitch of the of the of the woke agenda, which is now basically the the agenda of the left, you're filled with hate. You're a terrorist. You're a threat. It's not very tolerant. Uh, here's Esteban. Esteban, how you doing? All right, all right, man. I hate to defend a Russian, but there's something <laughs> called freedom of religion. If, if, if the Flyers would have had like a pro beef, make everybody do a beef commercial <laughs> on their jerseys or pro any beef. other issue imaginable, the left would be throwing a fit. Right. And so, you know, you're absolutely right. The most intolerant people are leftists. You know, like you said it, you said it. Uh, you do not hurt people. You can disagree with somebody and not want them any harm. Right. And apparently the left hasn't gotten figured that one out yet. No. Well, you're right, and I appreciate the call. That's where people talk about hypocrisy all the time in regards to the left. 
you it, the only way you could escape the scorn of the left in this country right now is if you are absolutely a true believer. Or at least you have to pretend to be a true believer, right? When it comes to trans stuff, gay stuff, uh, Black Lives Matter stuff, you, you you can't you you cannot have any divergence of opinion because if you do, again, the the tolerant crowd they hate your stinking guts. They want you. To, they, very often they want you to die. Right? I hope you get cancer and die. You, know, you hear that crap from the left all the time from the tolerant left. They wanted to put Trump's son in a cage with a bunch of pedophiles. Remember that. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, par for the course. So they, they jumped up, but, but people see, are seeing through the bull crap. And that's what this Jersey thing with this Russian guy from the flyers tells me because people weren't necessarily buying his Jersey because they've been following his career. Okay. They bought his Jersey as a statement, a statement of support for what he did in that, you know what? It's against my religion. So if you want me to participate in a pride night, you're asking me to go against my religion. And that I cannot do. And people responded by buying the snot out of his jersey. And I think it's cool. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Another full hour of broadcast fun and wackiness. Not exactly sure what I'm going to be talking about next hour, but you'll find out. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071, six minutes after 10. At least for me, the weekend's almost here. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555, talking about the newest of the day. One of the big stories that popped on our show yesterday, the, uh, broke on our story yesterday, was uh, this business of Alec Baldwin being charged with negligent manslaughter, I believe, right? Negligent manslaughter in the shooting death of the uh, of the uh, cinematographer on the set of uh, the movie Rust. Uh, in the 24 hours since then, he his, through his lawyer, he says he's going to fight this. It's an injustice. Uh, a lot of folks in his industry are, are coming out in his defense, one of them being ugly-ass Mickey Rourke. What happened to that guy, man? He doesn't even look human anymore, man. It's a lot of plastic surgery gone wrong. He does. There. He looks like a Muppet. He he doesn't look real. He was a good-looking guy back he, in well, the day. That's what I don't understand. He really was. Well, he was an A-lister back in the yeah. 80s and early 90s. And then he started getting, he started boxing crap, I think. Yeah. Probably just a lot of hard living in, in general. But he's not had a lot. You'd know anything about that. But, no. Yeah. You look much better than Mickey Rourke. I do. And I look like hell. Yes. He's 70 years of age. <laughs> what are you saying, James? Oh, thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> no, he's just agreeing with me, and I, I do look like hell. Uh, but Mickey Rourke, he's 70 years of age, and he came, in, uh, came out in defense of Alec Baldwin and with a, a very long tweet or social media post with many, many spelling errors, which drives me crazy. It's not gun armor, uh, Mickey. It's it's gun armorer. But his, his point, I'm not going to read the whole damn tweet, but it, 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 it's his point is that actors should not be held responsible for this sort of thing because actors don't know anything about guns. Uh, he said, uh, you, you know, you, you, you're handed, it's the armorer's ultimate responsibility. He said, some actors will dry shoot a, a gun, uh, to double check, but it's, you know, it's not their responsibility. It's the armorer's responsibility and the actors, uh, assume that they're being handed a safe gun when the armorer hands it to them. Well, there's your first mistake right there. <laughs> Never assume anything. Not with a weapon. No, not and with a weapon. I, and I, you know, I said this yesterday. I was kind of on the side of this when the story uh, first broke. I said, well, you know, a lot of actors, especially people who have been in film and, and been in that industry for most of their lives, are really kind of childlike people, you know, and they depend on the people around them. And, and right. 
but I, the more I talked to people, the more I thought about it. You know, the, 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 these are real weapons. These are real guns. They're not prop guns. They're real. I mean, you're, you're using real guns on most movie sets. And uh, you you do have if like anybody else if you if I pick up my weapon I, the the first thing I do is open up the barrel, right? But you know not that I've handled a lot of a lot of firearms in my right. life. But anytime somebody has handed one to me and said the safety is on, what's the first thing I look for <laughs> to make sure the safety's on? <laughs> and then check the chamber. Yeah, right? Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, you know again so. Uh, and I, I think it is a fair point that uh, that you know we have thousands of rounds of that are fired from these weapons on movie sets and TV show sets, you know, every year, and it's it's a very very rare thing. But uh, Alec Baldwin also faces responsibility because we know the set itself was considered dangerous. Prior, before we even get to the moment where he pulls the trigger, and he had to have pulled the trigger. There was all there was live ammo on the set. There was uh, they were doing target practice. I think one gun had already gone off, accidentally. There was no need to point the gun at another person to do a dry shot to see if it's firing. no, absolutely not. Point at the ground. Point at the ceiling. Yeah, and and if you want to do it that way, you don't feel like if you can't open the barrel and just look in. And also, he was the executive producer. So a lot of the, you know, and the, I think the DA even mentioned this yesterday out of, out of New Mexico, that he also had a, a responsibility as one of the producers mm-hmm. to make sure the set was safe, which apparently, you know, he did not. So, you know, but, but you know, obviously a lot of Hollywood types are going to come to his defense. But I don't think most people are buying it. Uh, also, Britney Spears apparently is changing her name to River Red. Uh, she did a new video. Okay. <laughs> River Red? Uh-huh. Well, you know, she had a meltdown in a, in a restaurant in L.A. She had several. Well, many. Her, yeah. That's kind of her gig right now is having right. meltdowns. Right. I guess she was freaking out in Los Angeles. She said she was drunk. And then she just put out a video. Uh, I'm seeing this on the on the Daily Mail where she's barely dressed. <laughs> I know a, that's shocking. That's, again, she's dancing to a Justin Bieber song with a drink in her hand, and she says she's changing her name to River Red. <laughs> and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything more about the name. I'm just gonna leave the name right there. Okay. I think that's probably the safest thing for me to do. Yeah, I would hope so. For once, you've taken the road of cautious. River Red's new record coming to a you know coming to a stream near you. I don't know. I just set a record on a stream. Uh, let's go to Alex. Alex, how are you? God, I'm just tired today, man. I don't know why I'm so damn tired. Alex, how are you, man? Hi, thank you. I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out with my cat Ziggy today. Listen, Sean, uh, I'm having some flip flops, custom flip flops made. What size are you? Twelve. You called up to ask me about chanclas? Yeah, because I'm getting these chanclas made for you, and I'm going to... I'm a I'm size 10. I'm actually and a 10. Every time, you, every time you step on them, they meow. <laughs> You're going to get me chanclas made that every time I walk, I take a step, they meow? Yeah, they're cool. What drugs are you doing? None yet. <laughs> That's an honest but answer. Also, That's an honest I'm answer. putting together... I'm also putting together the first 5K chancla walk in San Antonio. <laughs> 5K chancla walk. That's too far. You've got to call it 5K chancla slap. Because <laughs> that's what it would sound like. A bunch of people getting slapped. Oh, yeah, man. And, and if you look like hell, I don't want to go to hell. You have <laughs> All right, thank you, man. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Always very bizarre when Alex calls. Always just, you never quite know what's going to come out of Alex. What drugs are you on? None. Yes. 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 <laughs> Give it 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Alex, I just, I just woke up, Sean. Give me time. Right. Trying to find my lighter. <laughs> still late on the wake and bake there, Alex. <laughs> Damn near 10 a.m. You're still, you're still straight. He saved it for brunch. Get that bong going, man. Um, to- <laughs> he's having a bong for brunch. <laughs> a brunch bong. <laughs> oh, 
God, it's Friday, isn't it? It's sure as hell is Friday. Uh, 210 What the hell else was I going to talk about? Oh, uh, Stephen A. Smith off of ESPN has apologized for saying Rihanna ain't Beyonce. Um, he's an ESPN guy, right? That's sports, right? So he's, uh, I guess, what is Rihanna's doing the the Super Bowl halftime thing, right? And Stephen A. Smith is a ESPN guy who I never watch or listen to. But he's on some damn show, and they ask him about what he thinks about Rihanna uh, doing the the halftime gig, and he says, well, she ain't Beyonce. And I guess a lot of people got pissed off because he said that, so now he's apologizing. Saying, I'm sorry. He says, I'm going to own it. Oh, God. Disney owns. I'm going to own it. Disney owns ESPN. Oh, yeah. I'm so gonna. Oh, so it's, yes, I'm gonna own it. I know what y'all are trying to do, but I'm gonna own it because I get paid to speak for a living. So I need to be more careful. I want Rihanna to know you're a superstar. You're sensational. You're spectacular. You're no joke, and you're a worthy person to be doing the Super Bowl halftime show, dude. You just got on your knees, man. Right. She's still not Beyonce. She ain't no Beyonce, man. It was like a factual statement. What's the problem? She ain't no Beyonce. I don't know anything about Beyonce, except that I I know she's got a big old butt. That's about all I know. Isn't that terrible? My my kid actually played some songs for me uh, a few a couple of years ago that were Beyonce songs. What'd you think? I actually really liked it. I thought she's got a hell of a voice. She's got some good material. She apparently she does. Yeah. She's a proper Houston, Texas girl. Is she from yeah, Houston? That too. Yep. That explains the big butt. No, come on, um, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What does that even mean? I have no idea. Oh it just my popped into my head and I said it. Um, to... We're talking well, about this woman's well, come on. recordings, and you're but, like, "Well, she but, got a big old butt." Well, oh come on, can you do you think of Jennifer Lopez without thinking about her butt? She's done a lot of great movies. All right, Anaconda. You know, but I, I <laughs> Gili. So, but I, when I think of when I think of uh, of uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez, I almost immediately think of her big butt. And I, Beyonce is very talented, but when I think about her, I almost immediately think about her big butt. I'm just being honest. This is an honest show. Because you're a perv, a dirty old I'm man. I'm not. I'd be a perv if I was looking at a goat that way. Okay, but I'm looking at a woman. That does. It's not perversion. Kind of. It's not perversion. I think it is. It's not perversion. It falls under the category. I'm not perverted. It is, you know, National Fetish Day. I think we found yours. <laughs> My, I don't have any fetishes anymore. I, yeah, yeah. I don't have the energy. All right, sure. <laughs> I don't have the energy. <laughs> <laughs> so Napping tough. is my new fetish. <laughs> Ordering hats on Amazon. That's my new fetish. I have this really uh, weird fetish about drinking coffee in the middle of the day. Gennaro, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. I knew you'd be calling Uh, because the the bong noise played. How did I know? Dude, 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 bring back the bong sound effects, please. There it is. There it is for you, Gennaro. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, feels good. Anyway, and and just to let you guys know, I change my bong water every Saturday night. So don't call me on Saturday night. I'm busy. Anyway. Uh, well, what the I'm hell? You got a swimming pool filled with bong water? <laughs> well, you got your bathtub loaded up with it? It takes you all night? What do you mean it takes you all night to change hey, your bong water? We have these water restrictions going on, Ryba, and Gennaro's doing his part yeah. to help out. I'm doing my part, man. I am trying ridiculous. to do my part, man. Anyway, this I'm is the opening segment quick. of this hour. What? <laughs> I'm going to be real quick, man. Right. Uh, I'm going to run through some things. I, as a kid, was hit with chanclas, so now I know how it feels. I got chanclas thrown at me. You try to run, man, the moms, man, it's like a boomerang. Dude. They got some Damn. aim. They got some serious aim. Oh, hell yeah, man. Uh, as far as uh, uh, she's not Beyonce, come on, man. Uh, you know what? Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder made songs with Paul McCartney. Hey, Michael Jackson is not Paul McCartney, neither is Stevie. 
Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm incredibly confused. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being sarcastic, man. I got you. Come on. I don't care anyway, about Rihanna dude. or Beyonce, to be honest with you. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> and the thing is, man, I'm not into big butts. Jennifer Lopez is beautiful. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is beautiful, but I, I like it shapely and orderly. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to win any broadcast awards for this one. This one show is going to keep me out of the Hall of Fame for the rest of my life. I love you, Uncle Sean. I love you, too, hey, man, uh, Hey, bro, get, uh, good luck on uh, your uh, upcoming... Um, Operation surgery, man. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, God bless you, bro. It'll knock me out. It'll knock me out. I'll be stoned for three days. I'll be fine. All right, man. <laughs> Thanks for the call. There's something else the two of you have in common. <laughs> what, the hell that, uh, what is going on with this show, man? Alex and Gennaro should never play together. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the Cheech and Chong of this show. I started this hour with this ridiculous crap, and I don't even know what the hell just happened. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Hi. How are you? Very bizarre Friday show on the Sean Ryman Show. And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, You know, we played some audio earlier uh, from uh, this, uh, this comedian, this British guy. He's a podcaster, Constantine Kissin. And uh, his speech to a bunch of young people at Oxford uh, has gone uh, viral. In fact, we played some audio earlier. And let me, I don't want to play any audio because we, we play some, but let me, let me just read you a, a quote here and then we'll talk about this. The only thing wokeness has to offer, or no, let me, let me uh, roll that back. We live in a society where adult, where adults are afraid of children and young people. When you see somebody who is an adult talking with young people and saying, look, if you care about climate or racial justice, whining and complaining is not going to fix that problem. And we need young people to actually work and build and create things. The only thing wokeness has to offer is to brainwash bright young minds to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to protest, to throw soup on paintings. Uh, he says uh, he believes young people are persuadable that we, we can turn this around. We were all young once and just as idiotic and stubborn and sure of ourselves. I think we've got to fight to change people's minds. And we had uh, uh, actually Jack Riccardi had uh, had posted this story uh, or had written about this story yesterday. Are you afraid of children? I, I think we're in a really interesting place with young people. I, I don't know if uh, being afraid of them is really what it's all about. I I I think it's uh, it's just it's a generation that's been raised by ideologues. Mom and dad, and I I, I predominantly blame my generation, Generation X, for this style of parenting, and certainly I've been guilty of it too. And that you know what, I want to be your buddy. I want you to think I'm cool. Which is not how you parent. <laughs> if you end up being cool, that's one thing. But parenting is, hey, you're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this is why. And I think what's happened is a lot of uh, standoffish parenting uh, combined with the fact that this these the younger generations are the only generations that really have never known a world without social media. And social media breeds what? Narcissism. Uh, look at the TikTok thing. We're having to ban TikTok at different uh, at different places in our society because it's so addictive. These they they're on TikTok constantly. TikTok making videos constantly. And what is making a video on TikTok? Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! And so you've got a generation of young people, and, and they're getting screwed over in the public education system, which has been highly politicized. And with each new generation of young teachers, you got more of this political bullcrap going on. 
in the schools instead of teaching them how to think and teaching them to be intellectually curious and teaching them to have critical thinking skills and also the basic stuff like reading, writing, arithmetic, all that happy crap. And so what you have is you have a generation of young people who really are are at a disadvantage when it comes to figuring crap out on their own. And every single one of them thinks they're the center of the universe. And nobody's being held accountable. And you you combine all of that and you have a generation of people who are never really going to mature intellectually. Or or it's going to take them a while. A lot longer than perhaps it did for you and I. And I think that's sad. Uh, uh, But a lot of it is politically motivated and a lot of it has to do with this overall idea of changing America into something other. And baby, you got to get the young people. You need a steady flow, sorry, of stupid young people who can't think for themselves. And that's what they're about. That's what this, that's what the politics are about. So I, I, I don't know if uh, being afraid of children is the proper categorization, but we're, we're certainly just not, we're not parenting them. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's Friday. Kind of taking it easy today. Not a lot of new news. Trump dropped his uh, lawsuit against the uh, ag of uh, New York. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, Karine Jean Clouseau, Karine Jean, whatever the hell her French sounding name is. The black lesbian who is our press secretary. I'm sh- sorry, I just want to get all the boxes listed there. She checks off. No additional information on the documents, uh, the documents with Biden. Biden was in uh, California yesterday looking over, uh, uh, flood damage, and uh, he said uh, he has no regrets, uh, there's nothing there, we're cooperating, blah, 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 so there's no real news on that front. But Don Morgan uh, just brought up something, I talked about this on Where and Rima, and I want to talk about it again, because uh, yeah, first off, let me ask you this question, and we can maybe finish out the gig this way, 210-599-5555, what is, in your opinion, the greatest rock and roll record ever? The greatest rock and roll record ever. And I got to say, it's Dark Side of the Moon, which is going to be having its 50th anniversary, I believe, in March. Don's been reporting on this all morning. They're putting out a new set uh, for the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon, where they're going to include a concert in its completion. uh, I think at Wembley Stadium, where they sing, uh, they perform Dark Side of the Moon from beginning to end. Uh, they're going to remaster the original recording. And Dark Side of the Moon is probably, it's it's, it's got to be one of my all-time favorite albums of ever, ever, ever. All right, I know, I get it. Because I was trying to figure out what, what would I say is the greatest rock and roll record ever. And originally, I would go with like Sgt. Pepper. Uh, but the more I think about it, you know, some of the lyrics in Sgt. Pepper were kind of insipid. You, you look at the, the, the writing of Dark Side of the Moon and, and what it's about, which is really about human existence. And the, the lyrical content, though there's not a whole lot of lyrics, is just brilliant. Roger Waters is a brilliant, he's a bit of a jerk now. And I personally blame him for breaking them up. But uh, uh, he, he, just an amazing poet. And ama- Roger Waters can turn a line, man. And you look at those four dudes. They were at the height of their creative powers when they put out Dark All the records that came after, I think. And I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Metal was great. Animals. Eh, animals is good. There's the wall. The wall is magnificent, but it's also depressing as hell. I think I don't think anything compares to Dark Side of the Moon. I think on Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd, you know, they got it. They 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 that's their zenith. That's that's what what Pink Floyd is is Dark Side of the Moon. 
And it's one of those records I could listen over to over and over and over and over again and never get tired of it. Do you like the, I think it's either one of their first or second albums, when they sounded totally different, Pink Floyd? Is that when they still had Sid uh, Barrett with them? Or? Yeah, they were it's a lot different from them. When they first came different. out, they were just kind of a psychedelic band, weren't they? Kind of bluesy? No, it, it sounds. I don't sort remember. Of, it's I remember it being sort of like popish, like a oh, like, was it like a Stones album or something? Really, uh, my <laughs> aunt had it and I played it and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, this is the, the Floyd that I know. Right, it was totally different. No, I haven't heard that. Yeah, once Sid Barrett left, they took this whole dramatic turn. You know, they brought in David Gilmore and kind of gave Roger Waters a little more leeway to, right. to do his thing, and that's and, uh, and he did, and yeah. he's amazing. Okay, that's why yeah. Barrett. So it was Barrett who kind of had the pop, brought the poppy sound to the whole thing, right? Well, and it was the life of Barrett right, that and, and, eventually inspired the Wall. I mean, yeah. he was writing about Sid Barrett when he when he wrote the Wall. Uh, but Dark Side of the Moon, I think, was just a, it's a perfect record. There's there's nothing there's there's not one single mis- not that you hear a lot of mistakes, right? But there's not a bad note. There's not a bad line on that song. The the atmospheric stuff with the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, that 50 was, years old. That was March. the beauty of it back then, is you could take those types of risks. You, you, you could. Know, you could really just branch out and try something new. Yeah. And I think that's why people hold that album in such regard, as they do with Sgt. Pepper and a lot of other, you know, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it was just such a reach, but it wasn't terrible. No, there, there was know, just a lot something, of times, uh, it, to me, there, it's very artsy-fartsy, where you, yeah. you're doing a theme record because you're trying to create a mood, all the, you know, the, the lyrics flow into each other. Yeah. But uh, Pet Sounds, you mentioned Pet Sounds, Sgt. Pet Pepper. Sounds really good. Uh, but I think Dark Side of the Moon is, uh, as far as that genre of, like, uh, Tommy was a great uh, theme record Yeah, uh, by The Who, but as far as that that genre of of theme albums, I think Dark Side of the Moon is top of the pyramid. I mean, that's God. It's just such a and the thing about Dark Side, since I'm going off on it, <laughs> and again, it's it's Don's been reporting on this. They're, they're putting out a 50th anniversary uh, edition box set, basically. If you buy it on vinyl, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Well, more than likely, <laughs> but at least you get it on CD like me. It's going to be affordable. But uh, they're they're putting out the concert at Wembley where they perform it, and they're also doing a remaster of the original recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we're talking about it. But y- y- the the other thing about Dark Side of the Moon is every single song, in a sense, on that record you can apply and identify with in your own life. Time, uh, you know, is a great song about just how quickly it all goes, right? Yep. Uh, you know, even the stuff at the end where you're kind of going nuts, you know, I think we've all felt that way where we just feel like I'm losing it, you know, or maybe that's just me. Um, (laughs) but it's just, it's just a beautiful, I think dark side of the moon is a beautiful, beautiful work of art and, uh, uh, just absolutely, probably my favorite record of all time. Now that I think about it, 50 years of age, man, I've never been, I was never a a big pink Floyd fan. Oh yeah. Uh, But that surprises me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I I just think that with this one though, right? If you're gonna listen to anything, this is the one. Yeah, uh, because it is a tremendous album, start to finish. Well, and again, I think and, us and, and them and, is probably one of the best songs oh, I've ever heard in my life. It's just gorgeous, yeah. very atmospheric, floating. Richard you know, Wright's piano work on that yeah. uh, on that uh, album is just a, a f- amazing. And us and them is great too. And 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 again, all the songs you know kind of take you someplace that you can apply to your own. I think good art. If I'm going to get all artsy fartsy on the air here, and it's certainly something I try to do with my writing, is that successful art, even though the artist may be writing about something deeply personal, successful art can speak to anyone. Right? Right. So anyone can listen to Dark Side of the Moon because it's a successful work of art and take something away from it or apply it personally. Or, or you know, I, I think that's what good art does. Bad art, you don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> right. But 
it's bad one, art is instantly forgettable. What's that? It's one of those one of those records you listen to, and you have to you almost have to listen to the whole thing. You have you can't just you know? play one or two cuts. You have to you got to listen to the whole thing. It, it'd be like taking one song and just listening to the guitar solo. Right. You know yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah, have to yeah, listen yeah, to the yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah, and enjoy it as as and you know and it was done by design. Where you know a lot of times that didn't happen back then. Right. It was just right. let's put some songs on here. Well, it, it was and Waylon Jennings certainly fought the good fight in this, in that the the music industry you know in the sixties and seventies was just bumping stuff out. You had time limits. On songs for radio play, it was very standardized, and a lot of people uh, around really after Sergeant Pepper, and and bookends, I, I would say, by Simon and Garfunkel, really started to expand into seeing a record of music as being a singular work of art. Yeah, in the design of the cover, right. In the layout of the songs, uh, if you're going to connect the songs, you know, I mean, I think uh, that, and and that's my favorite kind of music, really. Uh, let me take one call here. Where are we? Uh, oh, I got to take a break. Let's take a break and we'll take some calls. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. You've never heard this, have you? This is original Pink Floyd, right? Yeah. No, I haven't. Sounds very 60-ish. Yeah, right? Like the birds. Right. Nothing too stand, you know, doesn't really stand out. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's just hints of the pop of that time. Right. But then they do their Floyd stuff. Yeah. They were evolving. There you go. <laughs> Again, talking about Dark Side of the Moon, 50th anniversary coming up, and uh, it's one of my probably my favorite record of all time. So that's why we're talking about it. It's a tough one to top. I've been thinking yeah. this whole time. It's uh, it's just a uh, it's it's I consider it fine art. Uh, Eddie, how you doing? Uh, real good. Uh, happy Radio Guy Day. Yeah, it's National <laughs> DJ Day too. Right. Thirty-three hey, years. <laughs> Good, good job, good job. Thank you. For me, the greatest rock and roll song ever is 1951 Jackie Brinston, Rocket 88, the very first rock and roll song recorded. Wow. Do you have? But I, I was asking about records. Do you have a? Do you, I mean, do you have a favorite album that you think is the greatest album that? Uh... I, 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 re- I really, I'm really leaning to yes. Their, their stuff was fantastic. To who? Yes. Oh, yes. Rick, oh, okay. Rick, yeah. Rick Wakeman. Right. All right, man. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I, I, I never really, big yes, didn't really hear a lot of yes growing up, except oh, for the man, owner of a lonely heart. So. Yeah. <laughs> just listen to Fragile and stuff like that. Oh, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, they're solid. It's wonderful. Wow. I was too busy listening to Pink Floyd. You'll like that. You'll, I told you'll you, like I'm, the, I'm not very experimental. I know what I like. So it's like Pink Floyd, Waylon Jennings, <laughs> The Beatles, Nirvana. Stone Temple Pilots, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the buck stops there. Listen to the same crap about Johnny Cash. Yeah. Is that Gennaro? Is it our Gennaro? Is he back? Yeah. Do I put him on the air again? He says it's really important about his Pink Floyd. It's very important. Something with his uncle. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Gennaro. All right, Gennaro. Oh, God, okay. you guys made it sound so perverted. Anyway... Uh, first off, um, favorite album, live album, Wings Over America. Triple Really? Album. Anyway, hmm. uh, yes. Um, the first time I ever heard Pink Floyd, the first song was Money. And this was probably in 76. Right. And my uncle comes home. My uncle's a teenager. My uncle comes home at midnight, reeking of weed. Thank you. Reeking of weed. And he wakes me up, and it's cold in the house. He goes, hey, man, this is Pink Floyd, dude. Have you ever heard of them? I'm like, no. And then I'm thinking in my mind, what? I was so intelligent as a little kid. Uh, anyway, uh, so I'm <laughs> okay. like thinking, I'm like thinking, Hey, man, I'm worried about reading Danny and the Dinosaur for school. You're a little Monday. kid. He's playing this dark crap from Pink and, Floyd for you. And, and, and he goes. And your uncle's stoned. And he goes, hey, man, 
listen to this song, Money. He goes, you can hear the coins. So I'm <laughs> you like, can hear okay. the coins. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm happy. I'm half dazed, man. I'm right, like, yeah, it's yeah. cold. I'm sleeping. And I start hearing this. Right. And it freaks you out. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah, I got to go. I had yeah. to get high to calm down. You had to get a high to calm down. Gennaro. <laughs> He's a really good guy. I got to meet Gennaro oh, uh, a few months ago at the uh, at the book festival. Uh, Gennaro, I, I, I signed more copies of my book than Nuremberg signed of his. I, my wife was working where the authors were, and I signed two poetry books that I wasn't even selling. Gennaro shows up, and he's got one of my poetry books wants me to sign it. Awesome. And I was like, I just signed one more book than Ron Nuremberg is going to sign all day. <laughs> For a stupid pandemic book. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's I'm looking forward to the Dark Side of the Moon box set coming or the the new version coming out in March. Uh, we'll see what happens over the weekend with Document Gate. Yeah, you think you're gonna have another little news dump around 5 p.m. Probably, today? yeah, Friday. That's kind of when they like to do it because if you're not as not as many people are paying attention. In fact, we've had pretty much we've had some kind of news dump every weekend, haven't we, for about it's, a month now. It used to be only in sports they right. would do that, but now no, it's... No, no, it's because it's, uh, yeah. they, they want to get all the embarrassing crap out uh, on Friday afternoon. So I'm sure we... I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the FBI, uh, the uh, Secret Service... Excuse me. Maybe the Secret Service will see some of the names... Want to wager a lunch? Uh, of who were uh, who were uh, uh, moving in and out of uh, of the Wilmington residence while these documents were in the stinking garage. What's that? You want to wager a lunch for what? If there's a news dump and we get some nice, juicy news for Monday morning. I'm not going to bet against that because I think it might happen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so we'll see. But you're right. That tends, tends to be the standard MO right now. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. Thank you, James. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan. Pink Floyd for Dark Side. I'm a good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye.